Hello, fellow historians. I'm your host, Dominic Gentile, joined by Corey Pinto. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Who's to Blame for the Missing Chicken Nugget in My Happy Meal? Just kidding. (laughs) Welcome back to the history of medicine throughout the years. Today is a very special episode. We will be talking about medical advancements throughout World War I. Our main topics will be the medical advancements and psychological impacts throughout the war. World War I was a brutal and intense time for everyone involved. It was also known as the Great War and was between two main sides, the Allied Powers and the Central Powers. There were many events that led up to World War I, but the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria-Hungary is known to be the most influential. The Central Powers consisted of mainly Germany, Austria-Hungary, and the Ottoman Empire, while the Allied Powers mainly consisted of France, Britain, Russia, Italy, Japan, and the United States. There were many battles, casualties, new war tactics, medical advancements, and new forms of weapons developed throughout this war. In the end, the Allied powers claimed a victory. We will be mainly focusing on the medical aspects of this war. This includes medical advancements, the medical needs of soldiers and civilians, the psychological impacts on the people, and the influence of psychology on the war. You will receive an in-depth and detailed account throughout the war and become more knowledgeable on the medical aspects of World War I. Throughout this war, medical services and medical professionals were completely overwhelmed with new challenges. They had to think and act quickly to try and save as many lives as possible. They were confronted with an overwhelming amount of casualties from mobile warfare, trench warfare, and infectious diseases. Specifically on the Central Power side, Germany had almost 27 million casualties, 2 million of their soldiers were killed, 4 million were wounded, and over 20 million suffered from diseases. As we can see from the amount of casualties, the medical services were very stressed trying their best to save everyone. During mobile warfare, they would follow the troops and help as soldiers became wounded. It was very difficult for these doctors to get structure. There was a lack of vehicles for them which made it difficult to follow the troops in war. Then, throughout trench warfare, they tried to maintain more of a permanent infrastructure to help their soldiers. They created special aid stations to treat their wounded soldiers away from the battlefields. The process of treating battle wounds would start on the field with the comrades and medics. They would use their rifles to support splint injuries before they could be taken to the aid stations. When brought to the aid stations, they would be examined and treated as well as possible. They split their soldiers into three groups here able to walk, transportable, and non-transportable. If you were able to walk, they would just send you back to your area after a short treatment. If you were not able to walk, then they would just transfer you to the nearest hospital for surgery. Hospitals only held up to 200 soldiers at a time. They relied on help from many surgeons, such as Eric Lexer. German surgeons and scientists like Lexer had to devise treatments for wounds and diseases. During this time, they struggled most with treating infectious diseases. They studied and observed different experiences throughout the war to try and find solutions. They also had to train consulting surgeons constantly because of the amount of wounded soldiers there was. Consulting hygienists and internists were deployed to try and find cures to the infectious diseases such as typhus and dysentery. After 1916, they deployed pathologists to do autopsies on the dead soldiers and they gained an enormous amount of knowledge from these. See image 1 for an example of German pathologist Ludwig Ashoff performing an autopsy. August Borchard was also a very influential surgeon of this time. He was one of the founders of the German Society of Traumatology. He focused on learning and consulting to try and create solutions. He thought that wound transplant, life-saving procedures, and making sure there was enough transportation were the most important things. 
An advancement that Borchard founded was special hospitals for thoracic injuries. A problem with thoracic injuries during this time was that after treatment, hemothoracic would occur constantly. At his new hospital, they were able to drain the buildup of blood. Gun and grenade wounds were also treated with the wound dressing in primary sutures. For German military medicine, this war led to advances that are the basis of contemporary knowledge. For Germany, this was a huge learning experience and created the basis of knowledge for surgeries and infectious diseases. Austria-Hungary was part of the Central Powers as well and suffered tremendously throughout World War I. Many of their scientists and medical workers were forced to be shipped off into war to fight, which left them with a small amount of staffing. Even though they had a small number of staff in the science and medical fields, they were still able to make great strides. One of the most influential surgeons in Austria-Hungary during this time was Lorenz Bowler. He started working in the military hospitals in 1914 and separated his patients by their types of injuries to give them more specific treatments. The categories included abdomen, thorax, arms, and legs. He was transferred quickly and appointed the job of running a hospital for more minor injuries. Bowler was a very innovative person and saw that they also had a very poor organization system. He took matters into his own hands and created a system that dealt with the injuries according to their type. Breaks to the upper arm, breaks to the lower arm, thigh fractures, and broken hips. Each type of injury was treated in a separate room. He worked quickly and efficiently and was able to treat a lot of patients during his time here. His main goal was to preserve the life of the soldier, then preserve the injured body part and its functionality, and finally to mobilize the rest of the body. He was always very organized during his procedures and wrote down exactly how he did them. He used his notes to reflect and analyze to get better for the next procedure. During this time, his main goal was to develop new methods for treating broken bones. He made it clear that his methods were the most useful and the cheapest option. He utilized x-rays, which were a huge advancement during this time, to develop his methods. His methods reduced the amount of money spent on broken bones by 70%. The Austrian army had more losses due to infectious diseases rather than actual battle losses. They started off with terrible sanitary services, but throughout the war, their alliance with Germany allowed them access to antiseptics, which in time helped them develop a great sanitary system. This allowed them to prevent outbreaks of large epidemics. Another interesting source for Austria-Hungary were war camps. Anthropologists took measurements of the war prisoners' bodies and skulls. They then photographed them and made plaster casts of their faces for research and study tools. Austria-Hungary developed a much more organized and advanced medical system due to World War I. They created new bone treatments due to the use of x-rays and created much more organized systems for their hospitals. Also, because of World War I, they were able to gather very valuable research to learn and build off of to use after the war. Stay tuned for a message from our sponsor. Do you ever feel like your money is going to waste? We have the perfect solution for you. Download Fetch Rewards today. Get points to earn free gift cards just by scanning your receipts. Use code 6BW1DR and earn an extra 2,000 points when scanning your first receipt. You won't regret it. On the other hand, the Allied Powers created many more medical advancements than the Central Powers did. Many of the Allied Powers' medical advancements came from Britain and France. Some of the advancements created in Britain during this time included anesthesia, plastic surgery, prosthetic limbs, gas masks, and orthopedic surgeries. 
Some of the advancements from France included mobile x-ray units and the Carol Dakin method. These are only a few out of many advancements. Anesthesia was a major advancement in the medical field for everyone and is still used today. It was first used in World War I by Britain. Anesthesia is used to prevent your brain from processing pain and remembering what happened during the surgery. They use morphine and antropine to give to patients before their procedure. This advancement allowed many new types of surgeries to be created and tested, such as plastic surgeries and orthopedic surgeries. Plastic surgery was also a huge medical advancement. Surgeon Harold Gillies of Britain was the first to introduce this type of facial reconstruction surgery during World War I. There were many facial injuries in this war due to the amount of weapons used. Soldiers had their jaws and noses shattered due to artillery fragments. Heavy artillery, machine guns, and poison gas played a huge factor in facial injuries as well. Another factor that played a huge role was trench warfare. Soldiers would peek over trenches and instantly would be shot at. This caused the number of facial injuries to rise drastically. Gilly's plastic surgery methods helped soldiers throughout World War I maintain a more positive attitude. Even though their injuries will always be a part of them, the facial reconstruction methods gave them a bit of relief to remind them of what they once looked like. He helped soldiers feel more comfortable in their own skin after their time in the war ended. Another advancement that built off of this was the prosthetic limb surgery. When soldiers had parts of their body amputated during war, there was still hope for them to regain use of these body parts due to the prosthetics. Later on, a man named Hugh Owen Thomas realized that extra support on an injured limb can provide comfort. From this idea, he created the Thomas splint. The Thomas splint used straps and a metal rod to mimic normal bone stability and limb length. This was first used by the British Army, which reduced the mortality rate of fractures from 80% to 20%. The splint was used when a soldier needed to stabilize a hurt limb. This also provided extra support before the wounded soldier could make it to an orthopedic surgeon. Robert Jones was the founder of orthopedic surgery. He was from Britain, and orthopedics took surgery to a whole new level. Instead of broken bones healing improperly or limbs needing to be amputated, orthopedics was a great alternative. This surgery focused on the musculoskeletal system, which consisted of bones, joints, ligaments, tendons, and muscles. Orthopedics led to significant advancements in wound management, fracture treatment, nerve injury, and rehabilitation. Gas masks were also a huge advancement from World War I. The Germans started using poison gas to attack, so in order to prevent death, Cleaning McPherson developed the gas mask. He put in many hours researching and developing many masks until he found the right one. He eventually developed the first gas mask in 1915, which was used by the British Army. Gas masks were used to protect soldiers from the effect of poison gas. The poison gas had very deadly effects. It could kill by blistering the lungs and throat if inhaled in large quantities. Even with the gas mask, it still affected the soldiers in a negative way. It caused them to blister all throughout their body and soaked into their uniforms. These were just a few of the medical advancements that came from Britain. France, which was another allied power, also created new medical advancements. This method is called the Carol Dakin method. It was created by France and Britain. It was created by French surgeon Alexis Carroll and English chemist Henry D. Dakin. This method was a type of wound treatment for sepsis that used antiseptics to remove debris and irrigate wounds with Dakin's solution. This method saved lives and helped wounded soldiers keep their limbs. Lastly, another advancement in France was the mobile x-ray unit. 
This unique type of tool was created by Marie Curie and allowed the doctors to see inside the soldier's body without causing any pain. This advancement saved many soldiers' lives because of the electromagnetic radiation emitted from x-rays. The mobile x-ray unit helped doctors see the bullets and shrapnel embedded in the soldiers' bodies and remove them, as well as locate broken bones. This was a great tool to have on the battlefields because they were able to detect the soldiers' exact problems quicker and resolve them on the spot. Overall, the Allied Powers' medical advancements were much more useful than the Central Powers' advancements. Many of the advancements created during this time are still used today and have evolved over time. Psychological problems that the soldiers experienced not only affect them, but also their families and friends. Mentally stable soldiers would return from war, now dependent on help and guidance of others. One of the causes of this is called shell shock. Shell shock was first introduced in World War I and was said to be post-traumatic stress from the war. Stephanie Linden says some symptoms that the soldiers experienced were constant twitching, deafness, bizarre gaits, violent shaking, and paralysis to anxiety, depression, transient psychosis, and jerking. From this, it would be extremely hard to live an average life. Nowadays, these symptoms would take out key features of life. Some of these features include driving, carrying objects, holding children, working with weapons, and even using average kitchen utensils. Medical records from the archives of the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery at the Queen Square in the heart of London shows that from the start of the war in 1914 to the year after the end of the war in 1919, there was reported more than 38% of medical cases being shell shock. These cases were reported to have specific triggers that caused the effects. Most of these triggers were little things like tripping or falling that caused huge panic in retired soldiers. During the war, medical practitioners realized that shell shock was a neurological disorder and would worsen with constant exposure to the war. So once the soldier was diagnosed with shell shock, they were pulled from the trenches. One of the main psychological effects on civilians is PTSD. Even though they were not directly involved in the war, many innocent adults and children were harmed from the war effort. Poison gas was a major war effort that many people were harmed by. In Saddam Hussein, Iraq, helicopters flew over a Kurdish village and deployed poison gas across the village and then proceeded to bomb the citizens who fled to the hills for coverage. Tens of thousands of people were killed. Families were all affected by the poison gas and tried to stay together for safety. Everyone was blinded and many people died from the gas. When the gas went away, the people affected were hurt and traumatized. Many of them felt unsafe and full of fear. World War I was the start of military psychology in the United States. In April 1917, Robert Yerkes brought together a group of psychologists to create the American Psychological Association. The goal of this association was to determine how psychology could help the war effort. Psychologists volunteered to be a part of this association and were assigned specific with their majors in psychology. Look at image 2. This picture shows the barracks where the psychological staff lived at the camp. The first row of four men are the main staff. The captain is on the left and he is the psychiatrist. Next to him are the three lieutenants who are the psychologist. Once intelligence tests were created, they were given to the soldiers to determine which battalion they would best fit for during the war. These tests were given to about 1,750,000 men. 7,800 of these men were recommended for discharge by psychological examiners because their tests showed mental inferiority, which can make them more prone to depression, fear, and PTSD in the war. 10,014 men were recommended for the labor battalion because they received low test scores. 
This left the rest of the 9,487 soldiers to be put on the development battalions because of their high test scores. Yerkes developed procedures that were created and used during the war to assess and select specific individuals to become officials and take on special assignments. This means whoever's personality fits the job description best was given the job. Look at image 3. This was the average space for testing. The soldiers were decently spread apart and the test was relatively long. This determined the soldiers place in the war. Psychology during World War I was so successful it became recognized as a respected field. The intelligence tests used for the soldiers were seen to have tremendous potential and were later used in schools, universities, and licensing boards. World War I also contributed to the start of neurosurgery. Neurosurgery allowed servicemen and soldiers with head injuries to be treated and potentially saved from death. A new test called aviation psychology was formed. The main purpose of this test was to psychologically screen the pilots in order to select those who were the most likely to successfully complete training and avoid aviation accidents. Earlier tests showed that the best candidates passed with high levels of intelligence, emotional stability, perception of tilt, and mental alertness. World War I created a major growth in the field of psychology, which contributed and led to more advancements in today's psychology. Overall, the outcome of World War I ended in many medical advancements. Some of these included new types of surgeries, vaccinations for infectious diseases, and many new tools were developed. Despite the positives of World War I, there were evidently some negatives. Some of these included PTSD, death, and injury. This led to the creation of a new respected occupation called psychology.